Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about how world and national events affect our pastoral ministry. We also conclude our series entitled Parables. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, episode number 60. Back in the armchair, Pastor John. Welcome. Good to be here. Good Welcome to be here back. in the armchair, no less, surrounded by pictures of uh, your family, actually. All my family. <laughs> in your office. That's right. Um, last week, Pastor Rebecca was here and in the series entitled Parables. And this week, we are actually closing out that series, yep. So, which is um, good. We've been in that series since the beginning of the year. Um, but before we jump into this week's messages, uh, I do want to talk about uh, the situation that I think everybody's been been kind of watching on the news, at least stateside, the situation in the Ukraine, and uh, you and I both addressed it at different points in the the sermon uh, or the 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 service this mm-hmm. past week, and uh, just want to just talk. You know, we have both seen at various times events of national and international importance, and just talk for a second about. What those types of events, like the one we're seeing in, in the Ukraine right now, how does that affect and impact not, the preaching ministry for sure, but also the large, you know, the the broader pastoral uh, ministry that 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 we both undertake? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's a it's a situation where people come to church having watched news or uh, seen what's going on in the world. In this case, the the Russian invasion of a Sovereign country, uh, Ukraine, and um, and they're they're thinking about it, and we know they're thinking about it, and not only are they thinking about it, we're thinking about it, and the the question that doesn't get asked all the time outright, sometimes it does, is does God have anything does does God have anything to say about this? Does our faith have anything to say about this? And so, people in our position, and we talked about this before the service uh, before the services on Sunday, is that we 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 need to speak to this. We need to say. Mm-hmm. You know, God is not un- caught off guard by this. God is not uh, unaware of the details of this, nor the outcome of this. And so, it's it's important for us to speak to these things. And uh, I realize that we speak at different levels to things depending on the level of what it is. And this this one happened to be a national, international um, war that had been launched. Uh, that had, and, and this is the thing I, I, that hit me, and I heard your comments on on uh, the recording as well. Is that it's not an abstraction for us in yeah. this church because yeah. we have people of Ukrainian background, we have people of Russian background, and we have people who are from Ukraine, and until recently, in fact, and we've been in conversation with them. And, and as I said to the church on Sunday, I have taught in a seminary in Moscow, Russia, and uh, and I've met students there and faculty there, and and people uh, I know people from Russia and reached out to them uh, in this period of time so it's not an abstraction this is very personal for people these are sons and daughters of these people that we know and so you know part of it for me is just yes there's this world thing and it may have all kinds of geopolitical influences going down the road but it also has very personal uh, Im- impact for many many people and probably more so than we realize and so i want to just pull all that together and i think it's important for a church to pull all that together and say god who is sovereign is aware of all those things and we who are um, his children 
are must go to him in prayer yeah. and 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 petition for for the end of war, cessation of war, but also for um, for, for the easing of the spirits. And I think that's how you you're, yeah. you took it. Just that the people who are in the middle of all this would be would be assured that they are not alone. Yeah, and you know it is it is a very personal thing for for thousands and thousands of people and also here in our church and, and Dr. Gordon at staff meeting reminded us that uh, we at FPC have hosted uh, a mission group from Kiev called Music Mission Kiev in 2015 full of Basically, college-age students who are, you know, in a choir, and they go on tour, and 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 many of our own members housed them while they were here. So there, there are faces that go along with this particular event, and uh, you know, it affects it affects what we think about on Sunday and how we direct it on Sunday, but it also affects what we do during the week. You know, the phone calls that we have to make, the emails that, that we not have to make, but that, we, you know, to try to step in to say, you know, we as your pastors are, are, are here for you as an individual, not just on this. We're praying for this globally for sure. But, but uh, you know, the, the folks that we know who have, have parents and friends still in the Ukraine, we're praying, letting them know we're praying specifically yeah. for an end of this conflict for the sake of them, um, as well as the hundreds of thousands of others who are also affected. But we know these people um, by name and, and it's, you know, and it, and it gets to be, uh, a question, and we we talked about this before. At, you know, at what point do these sort of events cause you to make a massive pivot in yeah. the preaching ministry? You know, it, something happens on on a Thursday or Friday, as as was the case here, and does that call us to? We got to scrap everything that we were going to do and move in a whole different direction. And I know yeah. there have been events in your ministry yeah, where that's yeah. happened. Obviously, nine eleven was was definitely one of those. But I know there's been there have been others as not well. Not many, not yeah. many. I'm curious about hearing from you as well. But there's not been many where where everything the the, the theme of the day uh, could not be adjusted yeah. if needed to be adjusted, um, or um, just don't worry about it in the sermon, but carry it, take care of it somewhere else in the, in the service. But there's not been many where I've said. No, we need to scrap like most of it, yeah. if not all of it. Like yeah. sermon, entirely different sermon. I can probably think of three or four times when yeah. that when that happened. Obviously, nine eleven is one you mm-hmm. where that that was that was a serious one, and we we definitely changed what we were going to do that that weekend. Uh, and there have been a handful of other things. Uh, there have been a few general assembly, mm-hmm. you know, Presbyterian types of things, and a Presbyterian church that that uh, that a. Presbyterian crowd that I knew was going to be asking lots of Presbyterian questions. Yeah. So I said, "All right, I, it's Saturday. I had something else planned. Scrap it all. Go into go in a different direction." So, yeah. And here locally, it's funny because it's not just the national, international. It's whatever happens also locally. If there's a you know, for us, we've dealt with hurricanes before, and that has caused us to shift directions. Sometimes it's caused us to shut down services or have modified services. But when that happens, uh, the last one we had was Hurricane Irma that really upended things and we we did we i mean we had services that day but we had a major pivot because a lot of our folks were impacted by that and um and then you know most recently we we had to at the beginning of the pandemic you know when we shut everything down on that weekend of march 15th i I remember us having a conversation you and me and pastor kenny who was here at the time and and everything went online 
so we couldn't just not you know not address that and uh we shifted the whole 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 uh whole movement there that was a global impact yeah but when when a congregation is feeling something and you know everybody is everybody if not almost everybody is is feeling it you know that's there's a time when it's like if if a few people are doing it you mention it you you sort of escalate it based on the what you think is going to be the 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 reaction and the dealing with level of dealing with it by the congregation and in this case obviously this past weekend there there are lots of questions that hang off of russia invading ukraine yeah that have to do with life in the United States of America. Absolutely. You know, is there going to be an economic uh, fallout from all of this? Is there going to be an escalation to this to go beyond uh, the two countries that are involved? And, and if that escalation does increase, how far does it increase? Does it? And will we get involved? And in which case, now our sons and daughters are the ones who are. So these are just a handful of the kinds of questions that people are already thinking about. And I've heard them from particularly um, military age mm-hmm. uh, young people are questioning, think, looking out there with great interest like am i going to be going to war soon yeah so and we still and we still don't have an answer to that but all of that is on your mind and my mind as mm-hmm. we're getting ready for sunday morning yeah and yeah. so you make decisions based on what what seems to be the level of uh, of thought and, and concern by the congregation yeah and uh as we moved into this sunday you know we were really planning we we didn't shift radically anything in the services overall we we made mention of it in our heart heartfelt prayers and we will continue and i'll just put a plug right now in uh we have started signups for a prayer vigil that's taking right. place so i'll just say that to anybody who's listening if you'd like to take a 15 minute window of your day uh to participate in this prayer vigil you can do so by emailing uh our our associate pastor Rebecca Mim, who sat in the armchair with us many, many times, uh, her her email can be found on our website fpclakeland.org. Or if you sign up for our e news, there is a link where you can sign up for that to be in prayer uh, specifically for this conflict in the Ukraine. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great pastoral pivot for her and her right. ministry to be able to organize that as well. But this Sunday, it also fits where we're going as thematic. Exactly, it fits yeah. where we're going uh, with the theme of slowing down as we move into the new next series. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good, good, uh, and I hope everybody listening will sign up for those no slots. Yeah, yeah. We've already had quite a with very little put out. We've already had you know nearly thirty folks have signed up, and so we're looking for more of that too. And as Pastor John said, we are moving into a new series next week, which means we are closing out a series this past week, this week on the parables. And and uh, in in one case, this is the the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. And basic story is a, a, a land owner needs needs some workers and so he goes out at six o'clock in the morning and he gets the workers that he needs and then he doesn't have enough so he goes back out at nine and then again at 12 and again at three and then again at five one hour before the end of of the work day and uh, they all work and they all go get paid at the end of the day and the workers that got paid or got worked for one hour get paid a full day's wage and uh of course that upsets those who worked you know the first the first shift bore the heat of the day that's right work and uh so that was the basic story and i wonder as you were approaching this story i mean there's in one one sense jesus explanation is very simple but on the other side there's this and you you and i both mentioned this there's a heavy kind of almost visceral response. That's exactly the word I was thinking right? just now. It's like people do not like this. They don't. Yeah. And so so let's let's talk about uh, why do you think – maybe the answer is obvious, but why do you think people do have such a strong reaction to this story? 
Well, I I, I said it, and uh, and I, again, we, I preached this four times, so it's hard yeah. to remember which version, which how I said <laughs> yeah, it in each version of this. But but I said that that as long as you are seeing the story on the surface level, you will not like the story. Yeah. You will not like the story if you see this as as uh, fair labor practices. Mm-hmm. Because it's not fair. That's not right. Yeah. We'd be actually we'd be sued if mm-hmm. we, if we were practicing something like this. We'd never make it make, make it out of the, through fair, fair labor laws. Because, th- but this is not about that. Yeah. So I think I think people react to that. I told my wife Seal that I said well, I won't. I won't mention um, like her mom in the, in this, but she was the first one that I remember sitting in church to, and they preached this. The pre- preacher preached this sermon, and she came at lunchtime. She said, "I do not like that passage," even though he preached that it's not about that. He yeah. still, she said, "I do not like that passage. That is not right. That is not right. That is not right for that for that man. That those first workers, they feel I, they they did all the work and they didn't get the same pay." Yeah. Well, and the thing that gets me is it's. Um, one of the things that was very interesting as I was reading the story, it's like if you just so let's just take let's just if you isolated just the last workers, right? Just the workers. Right. So one of the I've read this story many times and I have that same reaction. One of the things I, I approached I approached it a little differently. I just kind of focused for a moment on I that, the way you did that, that final group, okay? This final group of guys, uh, and and we're assuming this is patriarchal society, these are all males all needing to work because they've got to feed their families that day and how if we just focused on the generosity of the vineyard worker for that group of people how much different would we feel i mean how much different would we feel if he hadn't hired anybody else yes but except that one hour and then he paid him a full day we would love that Yes. Right, I, I felt i feel like that would be like a hallmark movie almost yeah right? that's right like, but jesus would not have had a teaching point exactly and that's the thing it's it's because our reactions to how god d- demonstrates grace are so so vastly different yeah. and uh you know um i loved how you uh because th- th- i don't think i quite said it this way but but by telling my story which which had the 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 the, the, the gospel message yeah. built into it. I felt like I was preaching an Easter sermon before I got done <laughs> done with, uh, with it all. But um, but how you just started out by saying this is the heart of the gospel. Yeah. This story has the heart of the gospel. When you see it the way Jesus was telling it and hoping uh, were telling it so that it could be understood this way it is the heart of the gospel, which is there is a God of great and abundant and undeserving grace. Giving undeserving grace by definition—that's what it is. Yeah. And uh, when we hear that, and when we receive that, and when others receive that, our response ought to be a great joy. Well, and I and I, and I, I loved how you were very when you when you approached that same kind of way. What you what you did was really get direct about the person that spends their entire life as a faithful follower. They can't remember a time in which they didn't believe, and then kind of going down the line of what it would be like if you were a nine a.m. worker, or a twelve p.m. worker, or a three p.m worker but then even those deathbed kind of experiences um which is funny because i i hear people all the time who who be, with the same kind of visceral reaction they have to this story go wait a minute a, a person who is you know confess their sins and turn to faith in jesus minutes before they die they're going to heaven too and you, you mentioned this there's something that feels weird about that yeah and and I, I loved how you approached it because then you 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 kind of circled in your own story to this to yeah. say this was a struggle for you. Yeah. Well, even the even insert even before that was the it, that's that feeling weird that you just described should sound 
familiar to those of us who have read other stories in the Bible because there was another story of an older brother yeah. who, who – Which you tied into the, to your message as well, which too. Yeah. He, he did not like that. You no, know? because he had been the faithful one, right? He had been the faithful one. Yeah. And, and that other one got, got – and that's a longer story. We had a whole sermon series mm-hmm. on this, but the, he actually lost money because of this younger brother being reinstated into the, into the family, and he was upset about it, even though the fact of the matter was inheritance – you know, it was all his. Yeah. You know, he he still had inheritance. Yeah. And uh, and he did nothing to get that, deserve that inheritance. He didn't work for it himself, and so he still had inheritance. Now the younger brother had inheritance. He could not be happy about it. And you know, I think Jesus is saying, we must be. Because it's not your inheritance; it's it's the Lord's. That's what that's what I love about the vineyard story. Because the master says, "Can I not do with my own with my own stuff what I wanted?" Yeah. And, and the thing that got me about it was. The first group, the second group, third group, they all were given exactly what they needed. You know, they all had the day's wage. You know, they all had enough to feed their families. And 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 what? And I love in the in the text he says, "Do you begrudge my generosity? Yeah. Or do you look at me with you know as though I'm evil because of my generosity?" Um, the way he just kind of turns that that back on them. And uh, when you told your story going from, you know, a college student at, at Florida, I thought it was really interesting how you talked about the the it, it was interesting as I was listening to it the arguments for atheism that you were ha- you were wrestling with in college, uh, unable to refute. Exactly. And then later the wrestling with the evidence for Christianity. I don't know if that was an uh, on purpose thing, but there was a very uh, interesting parallel I thought with this this idea of wrestling with the rationale behind atheism and then wrestling wrestling with the rationale behind Christianity, but not fully accepting it. Either one of them. Either one of them. Yeah. Until much later, and yeah. I wonder if you talk just a little bit about that. Um, your your journey, and then also figuring out how you unpack that journey. As it relates to this this parable as well, yeah, that was a. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm looking at my notes on your on your sermon that uh, that, and I lo- I love and had I you know not chosen to, to to tell that story, which is a lengthy story to tell, but um, it seemed as good a time as any to yeah. tell to tell that story. But just to unpack the the denarius and the and the the equivalence of a day's worth of subsistence and uh, and the needs of mm-hmm. the people, I love that you chose the needs of the people, and I want to hear you unpack a little bit more about how how you got there. But I felt like I I sort of skipped over that. I mean, we talked about the talked about the fact that these are day laborers. Mm-hmm. They got but one got a day's pay and. They all got a day's pay, and they worked one hour. And for me, the the, the move was that that that's the the, the coming onto the field is the, the time when you come onto the field yeah. in the faith. Which means which which however you language this, I, I call it oftentimes my spiritual awakening. Yeah. Uh, but there's a spiritual awakening in there, and that's what actually triggered the telling of that story. Is that that's that if that's so, if it's when the person comes onto the field and begins serving in the mm-hmm. field, and sometimes it's early in six you know six nine twelve and so on. Then, um, then you know, maybe it's time for me to tell um, how I got here. And at what? And you, and you, you said it many times. You know, you you felt like you're a mid morning. I was know, a like mid morning guy, mid morning convert. Now, if and I'd have been dead and you know dead the two days after that happened, I would, would have been, been a late in life guy. But <laughs> right. uh, time has proven that I'm not a late in life guy, and so I'm yeah. uh, 35 years later now. Right. So, uh, so yeah. And, and for me, it was just I realized that there's, I mean, there is power in testimony. I've heard a yeah. number of people talk about that, even since Sunday. Just that there's power in testimony, and so it was part of me, part testimony, but it was also part saying, um, 
I did enter onto the field, and this yeah. was part of my this, this is my life's journey. Here's how I got there, and here's what has been uh, since then. But but I, I, you know, it's a it's a lived in a real thing, and only in all of that was in service to the question before them, which is you know, okay, where where are you? Because I know good and well, anytime someone comes into the the church, uh, they there may be those people. While they may be in church, they might they might actually be more. Uh, in line with the worker stand with the people standing on the side waiting to go in yeah waiting to be called in so i wanted to really lay that before them that, that that's in the end that's what i wanted to do when i think Where that was, are you and i think that was what was really interesting to me with your testimony is that you had you were in church for a little while before your spiritual awakening actually uh, occurred. Yeah. You, you you had gone with Seal and and spent some time in church wrestling probably, with this. Now I'm thinking probably two years. Yeah, that was two years of two or three years of of time in church churches. Finally, one church before that happened. Yeah, so two years and, and how many in our congregation may, might be in that exact same point? And, and I, I know you and I both know people who spent decades doing church work but not doing it for the sake of Jesus Christ. They, they were doing it for whatever reason, All a sense of obligation or, or tradition or whatever else. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely there for, for what I look at this. I, I see the, the fact that so often people that are, could be considered in that first group of, of laborers, those folks that are grown up in the church who, which is what we want. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's the, they're, I, they're the goal. That's the ideal. I mean, we were just talking a few minutes ago to some, you know, to someone about, about baptism for their children, you know, and, and that's the hope is so that they're raised in the covenant community. They have the support and, and so often people forget that that is in and of itself a grace, you know they they've been shown tremendous yes. grace, yeah. and with that grace comes a reward in that moment. In that, yeah, they they get to experience the full full life of Jesus Christ now. You yeah. know, as soon you know, <laughs> which is one of the things that you and I battle with all the time yeah. is that people think that this faith is only about the 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 afterlife, it is only about the rewards yet to come, and they they completely ignore the the rewards that we get now. Exactly, exactly. And so that was for me. I really wanted to kind of like focus in on this this recognition that this grace wherever a person is at in their journey that this grace is yes it's given in extravagance to that one hour group of workers exact you know but but it's it's grace that's been shown over the course of a lifetime with those who spend their life in the in the in the ministry or spend their life in faith and spend their life devoted to Jesus Christ in one one way or the other and and it's almost there's almost a, a deficiency of faith when people don't recognize that yeah. you know it's like the the older son in the prodigal story you know there's a deficiency in his faith just because he's been faithful he doesn't recognize the grace he he's been shown by the father throughout the whole his whole his whole life. One of the things I appreciated about the way you approached it and and what you know we we approach this and we're two different people we approach it regularly two different ways but we end up landing, landing something, things mm-hmm. in very similar places but and we did here as well that we it, this this story is to strip it all down this story is about the grace of God. Oh, 100%. 
you know you i i would love to have done more of the of the denarius and that first group you got the the day's wages but the 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 that vent, the landowner was just as concerned about the livelihood of the last hour workers as he was about the first hour workers so there's generosity yeah. of spirit right there but that is grace that is that is shown so in the end um if we if we can if we can do anything and just move the needle anywhere on the, on a parable like this that when anybody listens to this parable again they will not listen to it through the lens of fairness exactly not in the fairness terms of fairness when it comes to the literal message of the of the of the parable but they would see it in the in the fairness through the eyes of god and the fairness is when 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 we come in you know he's going to show his grace to his to his children it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter when what time they start working well that's the funny thing the fairness argument doesn't work when it comes to our relationship with God ever because if we got what we deserve we don't want that we don't want what we nobody wants what they deserve it's all condemnation because no matter how great we think we are or even how many good deeds we feel like we've enacted we're still broken by sin and no matter how egregious or or tame we might think those sins are, that separates us from the goodness of God, the the life giver, because yeah. sin is always on a trajectory towards death. And so for God to condescend and reach down to us in any way, whether it's as children and we get to be in this life of faith from the beginning or it's in that final moments it's all grace. None of it's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No. None of, none of that, it's fair. And that that is why this parable is gospel. That's right. Yeah. That this is the the gospel in miniature yeah. right here. And and that's, you know, one of the things that's so cool about the way this this parable times out with with relationship to the whole series and where we're headed in the in the weeks to come is because we're headed into this season of Lent. And we're headed into the season where we see that the the reason that we we don't get what we deserve is because Christ didn't get what he deserved either. Mm. And he took it on the other side for us and opens this way for uh, of grace for us. And uh, that's why this was such a cool transition parable to go from where we have been to where we're going to where we're going. Hey, can I just uh, I, I, I want to just bring up something that you said uh, at, at the end of your sermon after your big mic failure thing that went on <laughs> Jeez. if everybody if everybody anybody missed it you can watch online if you're in the room you heard the squeal of the microphone there, right. but they got it in, in the room you heard yeah you, you heard more but online you didn't get to hear yeah, it was just repetition <laughs> you can just call it the best part of your sermon that's right. and say, we it? didn't get to hear you missed it. it but i thought it was really cool and very powerful and very um very i don't know brave um important that you put yourself on the mm. list of sinners. Yeah, I thought it was really because you put David and his and his sin yeah. uh, in, in up there, and you put uh, Paul, who was the other one? Paul, Paul and his mm-hmm. sin of uh, creating dissension and persecution yeah. of the Christians. But then you laid yourself a- out there, and and I had to rewind it a couple times to, when when you, you said start like, listing like, like what the sins. I... So no, because I thought it was really important yeah. that um, you know the, the things that you have done in your life, the yeah. way that the position that you have been in your life, and and you know this is not again to talk about abstraction. This is not gospel in abstraction to the preacher either. Yeah, no. It's not. I thought it was great. It's yeah, not gospel extraction to the preacher. This I got is, text this messages great. about that too. You know, I think um, I think people forget that we're human beings. And I thought it was why it was it was so important that you said what you said about struggling with atheism before, because it reminds people that wait a minute, we we weren't 
in utero pastors, <laughs> right? We we weren't born, and even even as pastors now, we there's still struggles that we have. Uh, prayerfully, they're not the same struggles or with the same intensity that we've always had. Um, but but you know, I've had colleagues in ministry that have said to me, you know, some of the greatest, most egregious sins I've ever committed, I've committed since I became a pastor. But primarily, that's because of my own awareness of my sinfulness is so deep, uh, so it's getting deeper and deeper. Um, but it is important for us to remind ourselves, I think, um, and people that we are as much in need of grace as any human being that's ever walked. And 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 people that that think we don't need that, um, they really don't know us very well. Yeah. Sanctification is not a, is a concept that applies just as much to you and me as it does to anyone else. And it's not a and it's not a perfectly straight. It's not linear. Ascending either. line either, right? No. Um, but thankfully, the sins that I mentioned, for the most part, I've, I've put to to bed i think <laughs> i mean it's still obviously yeah, not to have anybody listening to be suddenly worried or trying to read between the lines what's going on with zach what's going on with john you know? i'm not i'm not a, i'm not stealing things from people anymore so but this week we, we are starting a new series john you're in classic i'm in vine yes. we it, this series for this one this series is called slowing down and uh, i think we need i think we need to slow down as much as i think most of us resist the the call to slow down yeah. it's one that we need and uh i'm 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 excited about this sunday uh just to tease tease it out for folks we're talking about mary and martha i've preached on this before i'm sure you've preached on this before i read this 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 passage several times fresh uh and i'm so i'm excited about this i'm excited about me this. too so if anybody that's missed any one of our seri- uh, sermons in the series entitled parables encourage you to go to fpclakeland.org click on the sermon archive tab under the worship uh, portion of the ser- uh, of the website and you can watch uh, full services you can listen to messages and if you missed any one of our episodes of armchair preaching make sure you check us out on apple podcast google play spotify stitcher and uh, subscribe like and share it also uh this wednesday we have a, oh, that's a, right. a, a we have a church service in the chapel. It's an Ash Wednesday service. If you're around uh, and can make it to the service, uh, it's uh, noon in the chapel. Ash Wednesday service. Yeah, that, that, that it, will it, kick off the season of Lent. Kick off the season of Lent. Thank you for that, John, and uh, appreciate you being back in the arms here once here. again. And we will see everybody again next time.